Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever wrestling media hall of fame and wrestling shows from impact wrestling where they will be taking on the best the uk has to offer and revolution pro wrestling featuring the legendary jushin thunder liger defending his british j cup crown tickets are on sale now so head over to wrestlingmediacon.com that's wrestlingmediacon.com support wrestle talk give us a subscribe Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you, and how was your weekend? Well, I'll get to my weekend in a bit, because, back by popular demand, and because I only remembered a few seconds before we started recording, I've got a spoon for you. We need a a new name then, because now we've named all the other segments, like Rusev Hayes and Poetry Corner, we now Agony Arts, we now need a name for the spoons. All the spoons. All the, is that what you want to call it? All the spoons. Okay, all the spoons it or is. spooning with Ollie Davis. Nice. I, like, I prefer spooning with Ollie Davis. Okay, yeah. well, welcome to spooning with Ollie Davis. Uh, my big problem is I can't remember where our last spoon was. So we've done horn spoon, definitely. Ice cream fork, because we debated the spork, done that. Iced teaspoon. I remember the very long handle of the iced teaspoon. Korean spoon. Yeah, I think we did that as we well. We did that. A marrow spoon. I think we've done that one as well because we yeah, talked about, that was bone. about bones. Yeah. yeah. A melon spoon. Might have done that one. Okay, so I don't think we've done this one. I want to say parfait. That's correct. Good. Because it's spelt like the French just trying to. So they can laugh at everyone else reading their words phonetically. Parfait or yeah, parfait. No. Yes, it's parfait. So it's parfait. A parfait spoon. 
Uh, the description of this type of spoon is, it's a bowl similar in size and shape to that of a teaspoon and with a long slim handle used in eating parfait, sundaes, sorbets or similar foods served in tall glasses. Oh, I know the type of spoons. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, like the ice cream spoon where you've got the long, yeah. when, cut, like long glass. When you used to get them in TGI Fridays, and yes. they would come with like very big long spoons there. Um, if you're new to this podcast, no, 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 no. it works better. It works better completely out of context. Every Everybody's pod- podcast is the first podcast. Yeah, absolutely right. It was almost a perfect impression of not just me, but also Stan Lee. Yeah, my yeah. my impression is of you doing an impression of Stan. <laughs> I'm Luke Owen talking like Stan Lee. <laughs> oh, every ep- every episode is someone's first episode. <laughs> you That was go- me doing that voice, by the way, not Luke. <laughs> you always go so southern whenever you do an impersonation of someone. You go so Sarah Logan with things. Ah, oh, with the game meet. The game meet. Uh, my weekend was good. Uh, I've, it's weird because we've already talked about this um, just off camera. But yeah, I did a run. I did a 10K. Showed up. Showed up without any training. Haven't been to the gym for a month. Wrestle talk get better has fallen flat on its face. Not this guy though. Shows up, no training. Forty second out of one hundred and thirty one oh. in a ten k. Yeah. They asked me if I wanted to do it professionally afterwards. I said, no, <laughs> I'm busy with wrestling. And they went, "You're a wrestler." I could tell by your physique. And I went, "I get that a lot." Well, yeah. Yesterday you were barely able to walk. Yeah, but I'm a bit better today, but I've definitely got what um, we used to call back at school after someone did a particularly large poo-poo, <laughs> the Wayne Waddle. <laughs> after popular Western actor John Wayne. I thought your friend was called Wayne. No, no. no. It makes it sound like I went to school in the 50s. <laughs> John Wayne wasn't the, the most pop-culturally relevant person when I was at school. What's the difference between John Wayne and anal sex? I mean, one's an act and one's a... Po- Where do you want me to start? One will make your whole day, the other will make your whole week. <laughs> You're welcome. How was your weekend, Luke? My weekend was very lovely, actually. Uh, went back to my hometown to go see my in-laws and my parents because um, we had the big sort-out. We had the big clear-out of the storage container, mm. getting all my stuff back. I had 10, 12 boxes of DVDs that I had to sort through. And how big are these boxes? You know, big, big, like, giant boxes. Yeah. Um, I was ruthless with it. I managed to whittle it down to just three boxes. I mean, that's a good first step. You went over... That's that's quite impressive. You've gotten rid of 70% there. I know. And a lot of these DVDs, I was like, I do not even remember owning this. That can go in there. Any still gone. in the wrapper? There were a couple still in the wrapper, absolutely, yeah. I found a couple of old TNA uh, pay-per-view DVDs as well that I'm going to bring to the studio. There's, like, mm. all my wrestling-based one, like CM Punk, Best in the World, Mr. Perfect DVD, like, all that stuff, that's coming to the studio. Yeah, so. because we haven't got the network, have we? So that's no. really useful. And um, Just clutter. And we don't even watch DVDs here, so I just thought it would be the perfect place to have them. My laptop doesn't even have a disk drive. Well, of course you don't. You have an Apple laptop. Yeah. Or a MacBook, I believe, as they're called. How, how would I do it? Would I, do I just rub the CD? Onto, <laughs> do, is it Bluetooth, these CDs? Very possibly. Um, I also got out all my action figures back as well. A lot of wrestling-based ones there. But, crucially, most importantly, I got all my video game stuff back. So I was able to sort through all my Mega Drive games, my boxed Mega Drive that I got in Christmas 1991, still in mint condition. 
and I've got my uh, Super Nintendo with the Super Mario World and Mario All-Stars pack in there and two controllers and my Sega Saturn boxed. But I was going through a lot of this stuff and I was going through the stuff that I'd taken over to my father-in-law's house because he's let us use his garage for a little bit of time so we can you know store stuff and when we're going to sell stuff i've got like a few figures i want to sell online and stuff like that there's a lot of my gaming stuff that appears to be missing Mm. now either now either it's gone up to my parents because my parents have taken some of it up to the storage and where they're moving to so it's either gone up there which is a very you know that's a possibility but i do have another possibility that it was it's been sold by one of my old housemates because there was stuff that I left there for a period of time while I was between houses. And he was not... He At one point, he did sell something that I owned, and I know he did that. And I'm starting... I had this whole panicky thing yesterday while I was trying to read my book. I was like, I bet you that... I bet you he sold all my stuff. Oh, I wonder if he has. Cause there's the, there's How like, much is missing? Well, uh, uh, my PlayStation, my Master System, my PS2, my Dreamcast... Um, my NES my N- and my N64 and all the games that go with those. Those are serious things. Those aren't like a game here and there. Yeah. Well, those are major consoles. I, I mean, as I'm saying, it's either gone up with my parents to their new residence or it has been sold. It's been stolen and sold over time. I mean, you're not accusing this guy of breaking into your parents' house and selling it. No, he would have sold it while it was in there. It was in his house. And he would have been like... How long ago was this? Well, it was it was a while ago. That's the thing. I haven't had a lot of this stuff out of storage for a number of years. But you would have put it into storage. I would have moved it. But I don't. when I moved the things, I wasn't checking every box. Maybe that was that was perhaps my error, is that I didn't check through every box that I, that I stored. He did steal my Xbox 360 as well, but I more or less left that. And he just... Took just wrote it off like he a tent at Glastonbury. And he just took, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And he just sort of like took ownership of that. I mean, he used it more than I did anyway. Um, so I don't know. So I'm a, I'm a little bit at the moment, I'm in sort of two minds, but uh, yeah, you know, these things. I don't even want to say these things happen because that. Haven't happened to me. No, because it's so annoying. Because like listening through all that stuff just then, I was like, oh, that's annoying. And some of that stuff, like Sega Saturn, I had a Panzer Dragon Saga complete with all four discs, which is very rare to get hold of. And I know that's worth quite a bit of money. What is quite a bit of money? I well, don't have a, a benchmark for retro video games. That would have been about 180 quid. Okay. And is that like, what, where would that rank in all-time rare games? Oh, nowhere near like all-time rare okay. games. Like a lot, you know, things like, um, uh, there's a NES game, I forget, there's Family Sports or something like that. I can't remember the exact name for it. That's like three grand. Wow. You know, at, at a very, like, if you bought, like, a NAF version of it. But anyway, so that was part of my weekend. That was part of my uh, sort of anxiety thoughts I had yesterday. But the rest of the weekend was very nice. Went out for a nice meal with my parents and my in-laws. And then I had quite a relaxing day on Sunday that my parents came over to my in-laws' house. We had a nice big breakfast together. It was very lovely. And then my wife and I watched uh, The Lake House. Yeah, I can't believe you think this is worthy to bring up on the podcast. But yeah, you enjoyed it, didn't you? Well, do you know what the lake house is? You told me. Well, no, because this is going to blow your little mind. Okay. Okay. So, so the lake house is a romantic film. It's a romance film starring Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. You know them. You've seen them in Speed. They've got very good chemistry together. But here's the here's the twist, my man. So Keanu Reeves, it starts off with Keanu Reeves, or Sandra Bullock moving out of a lake house. And it shows you then Keanu Reeves moving into a lake house. And there's a letter in the, uh, in the box, and he opens up the letter, and it's from Sandra Bullock. And she says, hey, I've just moved out of the, uh, this. If you 
get any mail, can you please forward it to my new address? Also, I don't know where the paw prints came on the bridge that goes over to the lake house. Also, there's a box of stuff in the attic. I don't know whose it is. It was there when I got here. Keanu is like, oh, and he looks out. He can't see any paw prints on the bridge. He then goes up to the attic. There's no box there. Through back and forth interactions with them, it turns out that Sandra Bullock is writing her letters in 2006 when the film is released. But Keanu Reeves is in 2004. They are sending letters back and forth through time through a magic mailbox. And is Christopher Walken responsible for fitting that magic letterbox? He is not. He's not like the magic technician in Click. <laughs> it's not. actually all one shared universe. <laughs> He's unfortunately not. That might have made the film better. It is pretty shonky, but by the end of it, I was genuinely invested mm. in their story and uh, the sort of interactions that they had, and I very much enjoyed it. I don't want to blow your bubble, but I did know that because it was around. <laughs> it was around the time that uh, burst your bubble. Blow your bubble. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could blow bubbles uh, if blow, you want. I don't want to blow bubbles. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to burst bubbles up your ass. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it was like that and the time traveller's wife all came out within two, three years of each other. It was like, oh, is this a thing? We're going to get romantic. <laughs> and of course, Shaun of the Dead was a rom-com zom. Mm. So it was all off the back of that. Let's merge other genres not very well into well, romantic comedies. I think it's a remake of a Korean film, which um, I would very much like to check out because it's probably Sounds done better. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. probably sound right. But anyway, that's going to do it for this intro portion. We've got your correspondent in the outro. We've got some Rusev Hayes, a wrestling confession, um, an agony arts request, and some poetry corners. Oh, can we fit it all in? Well, of course we can fit it all in. Here is us talking about Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman from Monday Night Raw. This was a, sort of a show-long storyline where Paul Heyman and Brock were backstage and Brock was refusing to come out. And Kurt Angle even said to Paul Heyman, look, it, which this, this bit was weird. This bit was quite contrived. Yeah, you're, you've got a deal with Brock Lesnar. You're negotiating on Brock's behalf to get better deals elsewhere with UFC whatnot. But you've also got an agreement, a contract with WWE. And if you don't get Brock to come out... I'm going to fire you, Paul. Yes. Which is, Dave Meltzer pointed out, that is like a very big conflict of interests. Yeah, I think the way it works is that <clears throat> Lesnar is not signed to WWE. He's signed to Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman Industries. and But Paul is contracted to WWE. So they could fire Paul, but then would that mean they'd lose Lesnar as well? Because surely Lesnar's also... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the lines where they're like, hmm, we've got to somehow put a bit of uh, some more stakes for Paul to get Brock to come out. How are we going to do this? And then someone goes, oh, we could do this. And, yeah, okay, let's go with that. Let's not think about it anymore. I'm sure it will hold up logically. Our viewers are idiots anyway. They don't think about this stuff that much. But we do. And yeah, it was a bit of a, a sort of a, a plot hole that you could spear someone through <laughs> and claim yourself to be the uncrowned mm. plot hole champion. Uh, so this created a dynamic where Paul is now trying to make a very flippant Brock Lesnar come out to address the crowd. And they even sent Roman Reigns home. Stephanie McMahon called up. Uh, she called up Kurt, Kurt and what well, she called Baron and Baron passed the phone across to Kurt to say, 
look, I'm worried about the SummerSlam main event because if Lesnar goes out, Roman's going to get involved and that could jeopardize it. So we want to send Roman home so Brock can just come out in peace. Maybe it's like another way to try and entice Lesnar out. But Lesnar was just sat there reading various different magazines. Wasn't it only one magazine? He was reading like a Huntsman magazine. No, and I've was... got it here oh, for have you? you. I've got a a photo of it. It was called The Backwoodsman. <laughs> now, I have gone on to the Backwoodsman, the Backwoodsman magazine's uh, website. It is described as the magazine for the 21st century frontiersman. Cool. Frontiersmen, aren't they... I believe they're like adventurers, kind of yeah. hunting, exploring the wild, which Brock... That's, I, I have no doubt that's Brock's actual magazine. Oh, 100%, yeah. Like, he yeah. has a subscription to it, yeah. Yeah, and he, like, the, of course, the WrestleTalk magazine was just to the side that he would pick up and read afterwards. Yeah. Or maybe inside that, he's got the WrestleTalk magazine. I think I was thinking of something different, because I could have sworn there was a Louis Theroux weird weekend where he spent time with some people, but they were, like, stockpiling things. Like incredible- oh, like a doomsday prepper. Almost, Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was that extreme. This no, was very I, much a nature-based thing. Absolutely. Uh, so that's yeah, that's what he was. That's what he was reading. Yep, cool. So he was reading his magazines and not going. He even had a line that really made me laugh at one point when like Heyman asked him, "Are you not watching the show?" And Heyman pulled and Brock stood up and said, "Like, no, I'm not watching the show. Why would I?" And I was like, "That's a fair question, Brock. Honestly, God, it's a fair question." Uh, the, but yet here we are. Yeah, it's quite existential when you really think <laughs> yeah. about it. Why, are, why, why am I watching why this show? Why am I show? watching this show? Why, why do I have this job? <laughs> what, what am I doing here? Uh, so uh, Dave Meltzer also spoke about that. That's probably a shoot. So Lesnar has been Lesnar and as amazingly just self-absorbed as he is in in the nicest possible way you know why why would he have to watch the whole show absolutely he's not watching yeah. it it's like when they like sometimes on commentary they'll say like oh and Shawn michaels will be at home watching this on the wwe network i was like no he's not he might be mick foley does he you know he always watches but you know brock's character is wouldn't suit himself to being at home watching oh i wonder what's i wonder what mojo rawley <laughs> and bobby Roode are going to get up to this week it might be one of the commenters that we've got there going, like, no, it's stupid, any it? Roman's rubbish. Yeah, yeah, he's just leading that hate campaign. <laughs> uh, no, apparently, but even in the UFC, Brock, you know, and they have like four or five hour long events, way longer, needlessly longer than um, big WWE shows. And he'll get friends to phone him when the fight that he wants to watch is on. And then he'll turn it on as soon as it's over, turn it off. Because he's got he's got reading to do, man. There's he's got a, hunting to do. He's got, he's got farming to do. He's got sable to be married to. There are trees. Those trees are not going to chop themselves down, mate. No. Those deer are not going to shoot themselves. What What does he do with his time? Shoot deer just, and chop just, down trees and be a frontiersman. But that's a lot of just waiting around and just... It must be very meditative. Oh, probably is, yeah. Well, he's wow. a quiet man. That's why he's always got those farmer's tans when he comes back from WWE. Because yeah. he's, he's not tanning himself to get a WWE look. Well, so the tan, there's the tan, and then there's Brock's size. He's noticeably, noticeably smaller, I thought. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it's just curious how that that size difference has come when he's been announced Uh-oh. for a uh, a drug testing Ooh, entry uh, in USADA. I feel like Ollie Davis is doing some speculating. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm just pointing out two things. Completely separate things. One of the things, my observation, Brock Lesnar looks a little bit smaller than the last time I saw him at WrestleMania time. 
And another completely separate thing to that, Brock Lesnar has just re-entered USADA's testing pool for re-entry into the UFC to prove that he isn't on any uh, performance-enhancing drugs like he failed a test for last year. Mm. That's all I'm saying. I'm just pointing out those two things <laughs> happened in the same two weeks. So there's yeah. no connection there. So Lesnar was refusing to go out to uh, to the ring. Yes. Like, so like Heyman came out at the start of the show because Roman came out and cut a promo at the start of the show, not really saying a lot. And then Heyman came out and he didn't really say a lot either. Oh, did... I disagree. I thought I thought Reigns had a good line. Did he? What line did he say? He said, "I'm not sending Brock back to the UFC as the Beast. I'm sending him back as Roman Reigns's." Yeah, that's that's, a, that naughty that's word. Roman's go-to thing, though, isn't it? He kept doing that with Cena. He did it with Lash. It's it's a go-to. I, I'm, that doesn't like pop me uh, as much but as it, it wants. It's been a while. It got me into. It. I was like, oh, and I thought it's so. It's Miami crowd. I don't know how this works, but that's the Rock's sort of home base. And Roman Reigns. Well, he's from Pensacola, which I, I don't know, which is in Florida. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that probably he's nearby. And I felt like the crowd initially were against Reigns, but they, even in this segment, they they started cheering for him against yeah. Brock. And he was over in the uh, final segment. Mm. Like the, the idea of the final segment was to make you chant, we want Roman. Yeah. And they, they certainly were. They weren't chanting for Strowman to cash in. They were chanting for, for Roman Reigns. That, mm. that, you know, it's, it's almost worked, you could say. That's two weeks on the bounce now Yeah, the crowd have been super uh, into him. So I thought that the booking of the main event, and good grief, have we needed a main event on Raw for four months now? But it's finally here. And I think, I can't, I for what they're trying to do, which is get Roman Reigns over and create a match you want to see at SummerSlam, this this was this was flawless booking for me. Yeah, I completely agree. And th- this is like, you know, like, humble pie, yum, yum, yum. Last week we said we have no interest in seeing Lesnar and Reigns, just get it out of the way. Now I'm, I'm, I want to see the match off there, so, you know, can they sustain this for, for three more weeks? I, I, I can't say I'm as interested in seeing it. Uh, off the back of this, but I did think it was a very, mm. very good segment. Well, just, well good, a, a good throughout, the show, throughout yeah. the show, I thought it worked really well, and I thought they did a really good job of making the crowd not want to cheer, mm. uh, cheer Lesnar, and they and they certainly did that because like Roman cuts his promo, and then Heyman comes out and he says that Brock is here tonight, but he will come out when or if he chooses to do so. So you're already planting those seeds that he may not want to come out. And then throughout the night, I thought Heyman was awesome in this show. Yeah. He was really great at being like, at first he was there as the usual Paul Heyman that we see, but as the show went on and he was getting more frustrated with Lesnar because Lesnar wouldn't, he became more like pleading. like Especially the, with Paul's job now on the line. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and he was like begging Paul to, begging uh, Brock to go out. And there was at one point when Brock stood up and he was like, oh, brilliant, this is great. And then Brock just completely like wiped him out and it was like nope I'm not going out there and Heyman was like oh no and then we came out at the end and it was like ladies and gentlemen my name is Paul Heyman I am the advocate like you know the tie was loosened yeah he was just doing a dejected version of his entrance and he was there and Angle was just about to fire him and he got down on his knees and he was begging Angle not to as soon as Lesnar's music hits Paul stood up grinning on his face going like I knew he'd come out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> my friend is here it, it was masterful it like, really was yeah, there, there, were a few, there were about three backstage segments throughout the night of Brock and Paul backstage and yeah like Brock would tell him to go and get him a uh, a medium well done I was gonna steak. Say, this is where I feel the crowd really turned on him because what a heel. He asked for a medium well steak or along with a boiled potato and steamed bro- steamed broccoli. The ultimate heel. Uh, funnily enough, 
this was a joke that didn't make it into the Raw review. Uh, broccoli is me and Brock's. That's like our Bradgelina name. Broccoli. I was I was looking at broccoli in the script for ages. And I was going, there's something there. What is it? What, what is, is it? it? <gasps> Why have I not thought of this? But it, yeah, it didn't broccoli. make the cut. Lovely stuff. But yeah, what a heel. Medi- yes. Medium well. Yeah, and then, then when like Paul finally reveals, hey, my job's on the line, you know, with friends and everything, Brock picks him up by the scruff of the the tie and tells like, yeah like we're not friends i don't go out there and do your job i don't work for you you work for yeah. me and like i don't know how you felt but even though paul Heyman is this deplorable character and he's always smarmy and trying to get his way out of stuff here i was like no not paul <laughs> There was also a wonderful bit as well, like and he's like sort of roughed him up because he's grabbed him by his lapels, and then like Heyman's sort of like backing off, and then Brock's almost like puts his hands up and he's like, oh god, not again! And he's like, no, I'm just want to straighten out your seat. Yeah, there. yeah, wonderful stuff. I actually thought Lesnar was really good on this show as well in the bits that he had to do. Yes, yeah, he, like, he, he looked like he was trying. Yeah. De- definitely that's that's a very good point he looked like he cared <laughs> and considering all he had to do was sit there and read the magazine that he probably would have been reading anyway yeah. he looked like he was genuinely into everything they were doing today who knows if this was a storyline maybe <laughs> this was all just a shoot Brock didn't actually want to come out I thought his best performance when we get to it in a sec is when he goes up to Kurt and he's like you got a problem with me yeah was like, holy oh, crap I know the genuine, you done effed up this, I, it was you done effed up now it, it genuinely felt like and this is such a cliched line. The mood changed mm. when Lesnar came out, and this is why Lesnar's so good. And it's actually like almost why we should have been missing him rather than just sort of being annoyed that he's not there. Yeah, yeah. We should have really been missing this this presence that he brings. And when he just walked up to Angle and was just like, "You got a problem with me?" I was like, "Uh oh, this is something is going to go down." Mm. And then he just he just hoisted Angle up and gave him a big old F five and laid him out. And I was like, "Good grief!" And then when he stood up to Corbin and Corbin was like. Nope, I'm just gonna step out of this ring now. See you later. <laughs> See you later. I don't want to. Cr- I don't want to crumple up this waistcoat that I've got on. It I was... saw the whole match, and <laughs> I don't think he cares about crumpling his clothes. I, I thought Lesnar was so cool. Yeah, uh, and yeah. So, so for all the people who say no, the Universal Champion should be there every week and stuff, and like, I, I don't. I don't agree with that. But I don't agree with Brock being away for this long as he has done either. But there is, you know. That there is a definite argument, and I I definitely subscribe to it, which is don't overexpose people like Brock. That's why they feel so special. And we Mm. were saying, like, when Brock turns up, it's going to feel like a big deal just because he hasn't been around for so long. And he totally did. And they they really capitalised on it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Paul, after Paul Heyman was, like, trying to get his job back, he was begging uh, Kurt. I thought Kurt's promo as well. Like, he is a terrible Universal Champion. Yeah. and I thought that was really I love, good. And I love how Heyman turned that to, like, put himself over and be like, oh, I agree with you, Kurt. Yeah. And he was like, Brock Lesnar doesn't respect you, but I do. Yeah, I've been <laughs> trying to make him like, like you. you. Uh, <laughs> That's great. He's like, I also think he's a terrible Universal Champion. But this was, like, a really well-structured segment in that when Kurt said that, I was like, yeah, you're right. He isn't a good champion. This I'm really ticked off at Brock. And then Brock comes out. He, of course, he hits the F5 on uh, on Kurt, and Paul's got this big smile. But then Brock looks at Paul and like grabs him by the face and just shoves him down. And Paul is screaming off. He's not on my going like I can't breathe. Brock, Brock, I can't breathe. Yeah. And I just like my heart broke a bit. And I re- like I genuinely had bad guy heat from me against Brock after mm-hmm. this yeah. because I would say that 
Brock is a deplorable character. You know, he's a badass, but he's he's a a guy that we love to hate. But his relationship with Paul, and it's so enduring. Uh, he will go out and save Paul from bits. He will protect him. He does look out for him in a way. That really is the only shred of humanity or likability that Brock has as a character. And to just see him throw Heyman down on the ground like that, the only real friend that he has, made me like, this guy's a, look, what a nasty man. What a nasty man Brock is. Roman, I genuinely want you to come out here and, and punch Brock in the face, please. So and that's do what that people, first though. Yeah, you got to cock, you got to cock it, mate. So like, kudos to to WWE for actually making me want to see Roman versus Brock and me be on Roman's side. And so, what this to, to answer the question that we posed quite a long time ago, fifteen minutes ago. Will put well, this was all context. <laughs> this was part of the argument. Will Paul turn on Brock to side with Roman at SummerSlam? But because the, where where do you go from here? Yeah. Now, if Paul and Brock are split up, what you know, like I can't, like it would be weird for Paul to suddenly be this cowering person next week doing Brock's intros. Like, what? Well, how do you do the next three weeks of build? I almost feel like this. It didn't really feel like a split, but perhaps, perhaps I could still see Paul coming out with Brock at SummerSlam, just being like very cautious, being alongside him, and maybe not so much the cowering side of things. Or maybe like Heyman tries to turn this around and be like, "Hey, I'm his only friend." And if he's going to do that to me, what's he going to do to you at SummerSlam? You know, maybe push it down that line of, uh, you know, that line down there. But to the question of is Heyman going to turn on Brock and side with Roman at SummerSlam, the question would be, does Roman need Heyman? And because we've always said, oh, that'd be a really good pairing if Roman was a heel. Mm. But clearly the direction is never going to be for Roman to be a heel. So is Paul with him as a babyface really a tandem that we need? Yeah, that's and and like the dynamic of the match can't really. There's no way you can turn Reigns here. I can't. I can't figure out how you do that double turn now. No, and and sending Lesnar out because this is likely <coughs> going to be Lesnar's. No, granted, we said that at WrestleMania. Yeah. So, but likely in big air quotes for podcast listeners, take a drink. This could be his last appearance at uh, for WWE at SummerSlam. So this will be Lesnar on his way out. With Paul turning, that does protect Brock somewhat, and I imagine he probably wants to be slightly protected in his loss because he is heading back to, you know, real fighting mm. and a real sport. So that, non-predetermined, non-predetermined. Okay, whatever. Um, so perhaps that's what Brock wants. That he he wants that Heyman turn in there to do that. But again, I I don't really want to go to a a Heyman Roman uh, yeah a Heyman Roman partnership as baby faces. Well. Here is where you might be getting hung up, because who said that he has to side with Roman Reigns? And just you end the partnership there, and Heyman just screws him and then walks off into the sunset. There's a big old monster with a briefcase somewhere. But I don't want to see Heyman with Braun either. So, uh, I don't either, but I can see WWE turning Braun into a mega heel with Paul Heyman as the mouthpiece. Can I correct you So you have Reigns and Braun for WrestleMania. I'm just going to slightly correct you there. I can see WWE looking at Braun and being like, cool, so you're now our new Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that as well. We just basically want to book you the same way we've booked Brock Lesnar. You're no longer Braun Strowman. You're Brock Strowman. 
you're... like when when Roman Reigns was Rain, Roman Cena. Yes, exactly. John yeah. Reigns. <laughs> exactly. You're just going to be our avatar for Brock Lesnar mm. now. Put him in shorts, you know, get him a tattoo down his down his uh, front, and so you're just going to be our new Brock Lesnar. And Paul Heyman's going to introduce you the exact same way. Do all the same matches. Do loads of German suplexes. Like almost remember when they it's like giving Big Show the yes chance, give him the suplex city chance, just make him a new avatar for him. Well, that sounds awful. I don't know why the this popped into my head. I don't know how it would work either. But a Paul Heyman, Dean Ambrose, Dean well, Ambrose turning heel in a in a return against. I'll be, I'll be honest. The way that they're booking this show at the moment in the Seth storyline, it almost feels like we're working our way up for a Dean return, mm. perhaps at SummerSlam or perhaps in the lead up to SummerSlam. Yeah, but uh, but Paul and Brock have history of of Heyman siding with other people. Of course, as the Big Show turn. Um, Which was so ill-timed. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. I personally think they'll have Heyman uh, be the, the cowering advocate for the next three weeks, mm-hmm. and then he somehow costs Brock the match. Yes. But I don't know how that satisfyingly plays into something where you give Paul Heyman all the babyface redemption rather than Roman Reigns. Yeah, or as you said, they just put him with uh, Braun. Because I do feel like we are heading towards Roman v. Braun at mm. WrestleMania where Roman finally wins the belt. Although, I mean, my final note from this show before we do get into the final Raw review because we, we do need to move on here is that I did think Braun was an idiot. But not cashing in, yeah. Braun said when he won the belt, as soon as, Le- as, soon as Lesnar shows up, I'm cashing this in. Where were you then? So the, the, Owens should have stolen the briefcase. Yeah, earlier so in the night, so he yeah, couldn't do it. Completely stolen. But he yeah. got the briefcase back, didn't he? Because he threw it to Sunil yeah, Singh. Yeah, yeah, so he yeah, had yeah. the briefcase, and he could have done it. Yeah, plot hole. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's time for some Pledgehammer Patreon shout-outs to all those wonderful people of the SWAF Nation who have donated $25 a month or more. And if you do so, you get a wrestling nickname and a Hall of Fame induction ring... See, get it? For podcast listeners, that's that's a bell noise or a ring. It's very clever. And you get the, the Ramble Club podcast, our top five month, uh, matches of the month which for be, July. It's going to be released at the end of this week. Yes. Got lots of really good... It was a tough month tough month for matches this like, Slammiversary, the G1. Absolutely. Two, all the NXT oh, stuff. Two killer NXT matches yeah. we've had. So who made it? You'll have to subscribe and find out. And also... The uh, what's the other thing? Oh, Wrestle, Wrestle Ramble Extra. Wrestle Ramble Extra, which is going to be SummerSlam 2000 for our August review, one yes! by three percent, as we revealed in today's news. Obviously, not only do you get all of that with Ramble Club, where we talk about our top five matches of the month, we also dive into the book Big Apple Takedown, which is a WWE novel about wrestlers as secret agents, and it was a doozy of a chapter we read. It was, yeah. I feel like it's business has picked up. Oh, it really is. Uh, really po- left on a cliffhanger. It's really starting to get yeah, in. Like, yeah. the, the plot is starting to thicken up. Because uh, it's not just Triple H anymore. <laughs> or Vince. Yeah. Now they're all starting to interact with each other. Oh, now it's, it's, getting, it's fun. getting good. Yeah. And there are some bizarre phrases in there. But the, at the moment, we've got our $25 or more pledge hammers. So thank you. You sold out, Jay Sellers. Juan, uh, Juan, de, Juan de Dios Infinite Gauntlet. Let's have a drink, Christopher Travis Merriman. Rise above, Will Hate. Uh, Asker's future husband and EOF one-man wrecking crew, Skin Trade. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Stay hyped, Kyle Rowley. Joe the Biddly Bing Bong Business Boy Kinch. It's a great name. Have a cup of tea, Lee. I want to be like you, Chris Louie. A tremendous turquoise hexagon, old son. Dot, 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 dive, Dylan Kashenta. Adam and the Anthony Berrigan. They drew first blood, not me, Grace Rambo. And Shim Agangot, Zachary Robert Crowley Barros. That's too many names. Shimmy, Shimmy Gangot, Shimmy Gangot, Zachary Robert Crowley Barros. Raw kicked off with uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman backstage just to prove that they were there. Make sure to stay till the end of the show, folks. I really want to see the ratings Mm, for this. The hour-by-hour breakdown. Because Brock is a, a proven ratings draw. So if people know he's there and they draw out him actually showing up until the end of the show, I think that's a really effective way to do it. Uh, but then we've got the Roman Reigns promo that we've already talked about. Brock Lesnar reading the Frontiersman in the waiting room. It looked like a waiting room, didn't it? Like he's waiting for an appointment. And <laughs> then we not got... as cool as um, Roman's locker room we got to see later on. Mm, yeah, which is just grids and stuff behind him fences <laughs> oh no it was just, it was a, a curtain that was ah. behind him that was essentially blocking off the rest of the locker room and then for the next four hours of the show we got baron corbin versus finn balor oh really it's not like this i thought it was good 
it was it was good. It, I really it, enjoyed it. It went this. a long time. No, I, but I liked that. It picked it went, up at the end. Yeah, it picked up at the end. Actually, I really enjoyed this. It went through two commercial breaks. I thought it was um, good action. Oh, they slowed down for the ad break yeah. spots. Um, we got uh, the the quite rare red baller this time. We came out with this red jacket. Um, <laughs> it's hilarious. There was a moment. Blue Balor is the bluer. Blue as, as blue is one of my favorite now, ones. Yeah, he has this fit into the ether. like the like the demon Finn mm. Balor. Um, one of my favorite moments of this match though was when Balor started making his comeback, and Coachman said, "This is where Balor needs to pick up speed." Like he's already doing that, mate. You wanted to say that when he was being worked over. Is Coachman watching the five minute delay feed <laughs> just in case anyone swears? <laughs> Uh, so uh, yeah, it, it, I put one commercial break because the first one was technically Balor coming out. Then they had a break. I thought they actually had a break during the match as well. They did, yes. Yeah, so no, I, I thought they had two during the break. Oh really? I oh, thought they did. I only counted one. I might have been mistaken on that. So yeah, there was a good deep six near full, which ne- that never wins that move. Always, always feels like it could do though. It's because he puts the extra evolutions ah, on it. That's what it is. It's like when cool Sami Zayn takes it and he takes like spins styles as well. Spins twenty more times off. than anyone else. Uh, Balo misses the coup de grace and Corbin hit the end of days out of nowhere for the win. Really good match. I thought it made bo- oh, I thought it made Bar- uh, Corbin look awesome. I thought it made him look really, really good. And then like after the match, he just went back and beat mm. up Balor again. Yeah. So, so I, I it made Baron look good. But then it's just I, I'm a bit sick of the fifty fifty booking. Oh yeah, that, that's an issue. They had a match just nine days, eight days ago at Extreme Rules, and Balor won. Yeah, by a, a bit of a roll up. It's the more than eight days ago, though. Was Extreme Rules two weeks ago? I think so. Yeah, oh, it all blends into one oh, never ending. <laughs> God, thank God there's no dual uh, two two pay per views a month. I anymore. know, right? Uh, so yeah, I, it was it was a fine match, but just in the overall scheme of things, it left me a bit uninspired. It's the match they probably should have done at Extreme Rules. Yeah, really. Yeah, just have a definitive winner, and we yeah. can move past this. I don't, I've got no interest in Balor and Corbin anymore. No, as as fun as this match ended up becoming. Yeah, which isn't crazy fun. It was just fun. Yes, agreed. Uh, then we got the Kurt Angle Paul Heyman bit where Kurt says, "I might terminate your contract." Then we got a recap of Stephanie creating women. They said it's the historic announcement from last week. Historic announcement. As me and uh, Viper were saying in our WOS Wrestling interviews, it's the first time any company has ever put on a pay-per-view like this. The first. In WWE. Well, with that caveat. The first brand in WWE. <laughs> yeah. uh, then we got to continue that women's segue through Alicia Fox taking on Natalia. Yes. But so- it's not about that. <laughs> it's about the people at ringside. Ronda Rousey in Natalia's corner, Alexa Bliss in Fox's. Absolutely. So we got backstage and uh, Alicia Fox is working out and Alexa walks up and says that Mickey James is injured, which explains why Alicia Fox is in this position because she wouldn't have been otherwise. It would have been Mickey James in this role. I, I was like, so they who are we going to choose? Dana Brooke, Alicia Fox. Dana Brooke, Alicia Fox. Well, we can't have Dana Brooke win on TV, so mm. I guess it's got to be Foxy Foxy making her return that she did last week. Um, there was weird, though, because I, the, the main notes I had about this, aside from the Ronda Rousey stuff, is that Bliss, as the heel, called, you know, because she's trying to butter up Alicia Fox, she's trying to butter up, she's like, you were a real trailblazer for the women's division. And you, are you as the viewer meant to go like, well, no, she wasn't because she's a bit rubbish. Mm. And she was during that really awful period of women's not wrestling in WWE. So you can't really say that she's a trailblazer, but it's fine because Alexa Bliss is their heel and she's just saying that to butter her up. And I thought that's fine. 
Michael Cole then said it during the match. He said, yeah. like, Alicia Fox is a real trailblazer for the women's division. I was like, was she? When did this become a thing? I, I never thought that Bliss was saying that to get a heel reaction. I thought she was... She she meant that in the WWE mindset of since, like, oh, sincerely. I thought, was, I thought it was just a heel thing yeah. trying to butter up and get her on her side. No, but in, no, God, that's so weird. In WWE's mindset... Alicia Fox has reached legend status because she's been there for like a decade. Yeah, she's been there for a long old time. But not in a good Kofi Kingston decade. I can't believe Kofi Kingston's been there for a decade kind of way. It's a, wow, you've you've actually been wrestling for 10 years and you're still Alicia Fox. (laughs) It's almost like, wow, you were wrestling 10 years ago and you're still here because there were 25 like you that have Mm. just been and gone. Yeah. the WWE went through a period where they were just cycling through women on the roster that just they'd last two months throw the toys out get the new toys in they'd last another two months get the new toys in throw the old toys out but Alicia Fox she's endured it's her and Natty have endured yeah well but Natalia is very good well Natalia is great that's why she's endured Alicia Fox has a northern light suplex <laughs> that is very good and she she screams well uh so yeah it's it's yeah it so I yeah that's it's I think they're just pushing this for the women's narrative yeah yeah very much I mean so. it would have worked a lot better if it was Mickey James because that makes yes sense. absolutely would have worked so much better and perhaps that those lines were scripted when it was Mickey James before she was injured and Alicia Fox got it well Bliss wouldn't have to they wouldn't have to have a thing to set up why Bliss and James were out there no but you they've never seen, done that in the past no but you still would have said the URA Trailblazer mm. live and it was already in the script why take it out it's it's yeah. there we've printed it on paper now well I think it's good they changed things just about half an hour before the show just just use that just one use that just line. use that script or that she said it and they were like oh I thought you took that out of the script when it was changed <laughs> yeah. oh sorry are man. you working on version 96 <laughs> we're on version 98 now Come on. it's been five minutes since version 96 <laughs> Uh, so Natalia comes out, and then in this, this was Ronda Rousey's official return. You know, because yeah. all the other times in recent weeks, she's been in the crowd and she's interfered that way. But this was Ronda's uh, suspension finally being up. In one of those plot points that when they do the recap package at SummerSlam, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot she was suspended. <laughs> I forgot that part of the storyline. That was just a filled time." Oh, sorry, your laptop nearly fell. It did, and you broke it for a second time. So Natalia comes out. Her music's playing. Natalia's match. Then she smiles. Her music stops. Ronda Rousey's music comes in. Ronda Rousey comes out, smiles, poses, and then she gets all the applause as they walk down the ring. In all fairness, the crowd did pop louder for Rousey than of they did. Of course they did. Yeah. And I get why they did it. And it, But it just makes Natalia look stupid. So are we? Are so I'm hoping this plays into Natty's eventual heel turn on her. Well, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Natty costs Ronda at SummerSlam, yep, yep, yep. and then you build to Ronda versus Natty <laughs> at whatever the September pay per view is, and then you do Ronda winning the title from Bliss at Evolution. Oh, that's a great shout. Because that's like Evolution. They want to have like a big news story behind it because it's their first ever all-women pay-per-view. What better headline than Ronda Rousey wins the belt? Yeah. Oh, that's Because yeah, in my head, I was like, hold off till WrestleMania. But you're totally right. No, yeah, because you want to then build to Rousey versus Charlotte at mm. WrestleMania in the main event. SmackDown versus Raw champions. Yeah, yeah well, that's... Uh, yeah, you, yeah you've... Won. Could be you. You won the booking. <laughs> you uh, yep. Yeah, so that this is a match, and Fox goes for Ronda on the outside, which distracts the referee, and Bliss clocks Natalia from the outside, and that's enough for for Alicia to pick up the win. Yes. And then there's a bit of scuffles afterwards. Ronda 
beats up Fox and Bliss, looks awesome, like they push her away and she goes after them again. But then the numbers overwhelmed Ronda and Fox got the last laugh by throwing her into the barricade. Which sets up their match for next week. Although what I will say about this is that, so like, Ronda went after Bliss, but Foxy got in the way. And then she gets in the ring and she gives uh, Foxy the big judo slam. Which Alicia just then no-sold because yeah. she was outside the ring throwing her into the barricade. And I was like, how have you been here for 12 years? <laughs> I, yeah, I thought the... Um, I, I, I didn't care for Fox to get any kind of upper hand on, on Ronda. It, it's just to set up the match for next week where Ronda can just absolutely destroy her in seconds. It will literally will just be charge, flip her over, mm. armbar, and that'll be it. So yeah, will pop massive for it, and I can't wait. Kurt booked that. That's her first ever match on Raw. Yeah. Set to be next week. Which Do you remember when... what happened at WrestleMania? Where or, she... No, it was Royal Rumble. Uh, no, it was WrestleMania, sorry. When Alicia Fox got in a drunken argument oh. with Ronda Rousey's husband. It made sense because when I was Googling earlier, Ronda Rousey, Alicia Fox to find images for the news. That's all the stories that came up. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. Um, yeah. Then we got Paul, Ver- Paul and Brock backstage. Then we got uh, Kurt announcing that Ronda's first match will take place next the week. The crowd booed it as well because they, they announced wanted it now. They wanted it now, and it's going to be next week in Miami. Uh, but they had plenty oh, no, it's, more. No, it's, because it's not going to be in Miami, which is where they were tonight. They had plenty more to boo next, though, because Elias is out there. And he throws a bit of shade at Bobby Lashley, a bit of shade at The Rock, because, of course, it's Miami. It's a bit of shade at Pitbull. Yeah. I'm not Pitbull. Not Pitbull? I'm not upstanding member of uh, the community, <laughs> Pitbull. How does he get so many attractive I've events? written here, he calls out Pitbull and The Rock and starts a feud with Bobby Lashley. Mm. We joked last week that this is what Bobby was going to be doing. And yet here we are, seven days later, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're doing Bobby Lashley versus Elias at SummerSlam. Yeah. And uh, I think this this was really going to annoy you. This segment, yeah, it does. It did. Yeah, it did, it did. I, I thought I'd, I'll let you run with this one then, because I figured this was really going to wind you up. Okay, so Bob, um, so Elias is out there. He mentions the Rock. That's of course fueling this speculation that it's going to be the Rock versus Elias, at least in some kind of sing-off skit at WrestleMania, or maybe they do. Isn't there like a an anniversary of SmackDown coming up? Yes, that could SmackDown, be another place to do it. Yeah, I can't remember which one it is. It might be SmackDown one thousand or something yeah. like that. Uh, and then the, the the announcers are putting over how Lashley interrupted Elias last week. That's what Elias is annoyed about. And Loads then of people interrupted. And I know, him. I know. And then Bobby Lashley comes out, and Michael Cole just goes on commentary. Oh, not again! <laughs> like, whose side are you on, Michael Cole? You're the babyface announcer. But he likes Elias. I he does know. This for every time Elias gets interrupted, I, but I hate it more every time. <laughs> and then Bobby comes down, and Elias is like, "I know you don't want to fight." Elias you want to sing with Elias I thought ha huh, that's funny that's like like a cute dynamic because Bobby Lashley has, has moved past that now he's he's kind of getting more to that walking Armageddon thing he's not there yet but steps have been made he had the whole Roman Reigns thing he main evented the last pay-per-view he main evented the previous did he Raw. did he main event the pay-per-view no no he was in the mid card because Seth and uh, Dolph of course of course but he fought Reigns, which is effectively the it main, was it the was event. the main event in WWE's eyes. That was the main. Don't event. Don't derail me like Bob, WWE have derailed Bobby Lashley. Not again. And Lashley, like he's standing there, and he's he's definitely got people starting to believe in him again. And he's got such a presence. He really is an open goal, and WWE spectacularly keep missing it. And then Bobby picks the mic and goes, "Huh, I'm a fighter, not a singer." 
and then that I just got dread. <laughs> I just got this dread overwhelmed me. I had flashbacks of looking into their camera. I love you, my three beautiful sisters. Of the the Sami Zayn feud with the awful segments there, and then because but like Bobby shouldn't be saying lines like that. He should just be punching Elias in the face, grabbing that guitar and clobbering it over his broken body. But that isn't what happened. Elias started to sing Rockin' Robin, and he only did the verse, and Bobby went straight into a rubbish rendition of Rockin' Robin, which made him look like an absolute dweeb, and he's walking around, back to Elias. Got the words. And then Elias hits Bobby Lashley in the back with a guitar. So I'm like, well... Bobby Lashley looks like he looks lame because he started singing. Why would he sing? He's not got he's not reached that point in this iteration of his career where he can do comedy stuff as a badass and get away with it. And then he's also stupid as well as lame because he actually bought in to the fact that Elias might be doing this for fun, just for a good old sing-song. No, of course he was always going to hit you with a guitar. Watch any wrestling show with a guitar on ever. So why, if you had the momentum with Bobby Lashley, you're getting away from the Sami Zayn feud and that awful Rene Young interview that he did and the three beautiful sisters tosh and you're starting to put him as in that main event level again. Why do you go back to this lame character? Man, I I mean, I'm with you. I thought it was really... my, My notes here just like... Like a goof, he joined in and then, like a goof, got blindsided by Elias. But... Perhaps to be the WWE mindset to, to Pritchard this situation, Lashley won out in the end because he beat him up and sent him packing. So who looked strong at the end of this, really, when you think about it? <laughs> I thought it was ridiculous. I thought, you know, when he said, I'm not a singer, I'm a fighter. I was like, cool. Now he's going to like kick over the chair and give him the big delayed vertical suplex and lay him out. Or he's going to give him a big old spear. He's going to stand tall and be Bobby Lashley. And then he started singing. I was like, oh, no. Oh dear. And I was like, okay, I, I was waiting for the moment that he then hits him in the head with the microphone or does something. But when he got blindsided by the guitar, I was like, you doof. Like, you what, you idiot. absolute dink. Uh, as soon as the tone in which he said, I'm a fighter, not a singer, like the, oh, you're embarrassing me. I'm nervous now. <laughs> I, di- I didn't come out here thinking I'd have to sing. I knew immediately from the first intonation of the tone. That this was where it was going, yeah, I know, man. and it just it killed me. Yeah, it was bad. Why? Why? I'm not even a big Bobby Lashley fan. I just don't like to see people's potential wasted. Well, why would you be a Bobby Lashley fan yeah, at this point, point? In all fairness. Uh, okay, Kevin Owens and Baron Corbin were backstage next. Uh, Corbin's really good in this role, and Kevin Owens is trying to suck up to him. It said that uh, Baron Corbin is his son's favorite wrestler, mm-hmm. which I really liked. Uh, and Corbin, my lo- favorite thing about this, like Corbin deadpan was like. Well, I am here to inspire people. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. If you go into WWE.com's photo gallery as well, and WWE.com articles are awfully written in w, like their titles for WWE Speak, mm. and it's Kevin Owens, or it's Finn Balor versus Constable Baron Corbin. Yeah, made me laugh. That that's that's his name. Was... That's how he's introduced now, man. Yeah, I guess so. That's his new thing. Then we got Jinder Mahal versus Braun Strowman after that little bit of 
whatever it was last week. Well, the crowd the, are chanting, get these hands. The, the key to this, sorry, to go back to that the Baron Corbin, Kevin Owens segment, is that Owens wanted was buttering up Corbin because he wanted Brock uh, Braun to be sort of banned from the arena because he's like, well, I don't want Braun cashing in because I can't then win the briefcase off him mm. at SummerSlam. And Baron said, like, that's pretty much not my problem. Um, and, yeah. and he walked off and Kevin Owens was frustrated and we're not going to address that anyway no exactly don't worry about but it but yeah that did lead to Braun Strowman versus Jinder Mahal which was obviously set up from last week when Jinder was trying to do Shanti and uh, I'm, I'm not good these hands. Not sure if I'm saying that right, I'll be honest with you. Um, someone will let me know if I wasn't. And um, yeah, this was so Jinder was trying to do that gimmick to him again. Owen snuck out from out of nowhere and grabbed the briefcase. Braun spots him and chases after him. Braun, Owens runs away, throws the briefcase to Sunil Singh, who gets run over. And then Braun chases Owens up uh, the ramp and he gets counted out. So Jinder wins. Now I thought this is actually quite good. Because the whole gimmick to the SummerSlam match is that Kevin Owens can win the briefcase through any means, but Braun has to pin Owens. If Braun gets DQ'd, if he gets counted out, if he gets disqualified, he Owens wins. And I thought this was really I thought this was a nice way to set that up. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Thumbs up segment for me. Yeah, it shows how Braun as powerful and monstrous as he is, he can get sidetracked and he can get zeroed in on from his rage and stuff that he he He'll, he'll lose a match because of stupid things. That's how Kevin Owens beat him in the cell match. Yeah. The, in the cage match. But, but then again, rules. Braun didn't care about winning that match, clearly, because he just like, you're the winner, I guess. Yeah. And, and whatever. I mean, so WWE, if, there, if there's one thing they can do really well, it's book big men, which I'm sure we're going to see later on in this show in their tag team division. Mm. Uh, and Bobby Lashley. Mm. Yeah, uh, but yep, that was all good. The only the only fix would, of course, be uh, Kevin Owens actually running off with the briefcase, or maybe which, Sunil just gets it and goes, okay, and runs yeah, off, which would have sorted out your issues later on in the mm. show. Uh, then we had Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin. So when Kurt gets the phone call from Stephanie, is like, oh, yeah, plot point later on exposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we got Mojo Rawley walking into the undercard locker room. <laughs> into the geeks locker room. Yeah, so they have different locker rooms based <laughs> on where they are in the card. If you're a star, you get your own one. If you're Seth Rollins, you get to hang out with all the other cool people. One of Seth if- Rollins had a little game station bit. Did he? Yeah, what yeah. It, it showed like Seth Rollins is preparing for his match later oh, on. Oh yeah, and he put it in a. Uh, yes, he had his uh, earphones. That's right. Yes. I yeah, remember and he now. was playing a video game. <laughs> I think. Oh, it looked like it. Uh, so in this room, I've written them all down. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Raw Geek Roll Call from uh, first appearance to last. Rhino, Heath Slater, The Ascension, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Mike Kanellis. Oh, what a motley crew of nerds! Like that is. That is main event. You know, that is uh, WWE's main event. Yeah, not, 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 not the literal not the main event. event, the show they put on the network. And then Mojo walks in because that's where he is as well. Yep, and then, also- I mean, we all saw it coming. Also, in this place in the card is former NXT champion, the man with arguably the best WWE entrance music in recent times. Bobby Roode. Yeah, and uh, he walks up and, uh, yeah, so like Mojo walks in, he's like, I've been running through this roster, and I'm like, mate, you've beaten Tyler Breeze twice and No Way Jose about 15 times. Where are they in this room? Well, they're they're so geeks, they're not even allowed in the geek locker room. In in the corridor. Can you imagine how sad it must be in that locker room when they all walk in, they all get their gear, 
hey, you booked tonight? No, no, I'm not. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Though. Yeah. No, yeah, me too. No, I'm I'm happy to be here too. People like ah, oh, I look I look at what Cody's done and he's he's had real six. But I love WWE. It's yeah. the only place I've ever known. It's, I'll just stay here. I, I, job security, man. Yeah. You know. Hey, hey, though, I get to be on main event later on today, though. So, you it's know, a solid job. It's a solid. Well, gig, I'm man. always scared that I'm going to be released next Friday. <laughs> What a life. What a life. So, yeah, Mojo starts running down all the geeks, and Bobby Roode walks in, he's clapping his hands. He's like, if you got a problem, hey, you got a problem with me? And Mojo says, I did like this from Mojo, though. He was like, what are you going to do? Catchphrase me into a submission. Mojo's good. Mojo's great. I like that. And then Roode double legs him and takes him down, and the other geeks stood around him and were like, whoa, whoa, fight, fight, fight. Rhino was such a nerd in this segment, he was wearing the Deleter of Worlds t shirt. Doesn't even have his own merchandise. Mike Canellis uh, had a, a crushing at the Connors Cure t-shirt on oh is that what it will because I imagine he doesn't yeah, he have doesn't have any merchandise merch either uh, I, yes. bet, I bet he cannot wait until Maria's back he's like I might actually get to do something she's training so yeah yeah be back soon she had a baby uh, so how I took the Lashley bit do you want to take this next part <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is what I was referring to earlier when talking about big men in the <sighs> tag team division um, so Apollo Crews faced Akum of the Authors of Pain. And the Authors of Pain cut an inset promo that <laughs> made the, the same thing <laughs> that was, cut an inset promo that was really lame. So, so lame. It was just so... It was words that they would never say. Oh, no, I know. Like the, I don't know why this word, this line stood out to me so much. But uh, Akum says, I will not be so courteous next time. Well, do you know what? I can guarantee you why that line's there. I can almost guarantee it's because Vince is rather well, they're the authors of pain. Mm. So they must be really good writers and know lots of intelligent words. That was Vince's gimmick. Like when before Vince McMahon became Mr. McMahon, he used to use word, like big long words because he was meant to be an intellect. So I, I guarantee you that's where this is like, well, they're writers. They're mm. the authors of pain. So it was rubbish. Coach at one point said that Cruz always adds a little stake to the sizzle, which is not how that phrase goes. Um, and here's how the match went. Apollo Cruz ran wild on Akum. Akum charged into a post and uh, that was it. He ran into the post and then Apollo rolled him up and he won. Clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring. Just definitively, Apollo Cruz was the better wrestler in this match against the bigger and badder Akum. Authors of Pain are already a complete joke. Dyke. I mean, this might be pushing it. This is worse booking than Sanity on SmackDown. Mm. Yeah, because at least Sanity are losing to are the kind of featured and getting matches. They're, yeah, they're losing to the New Day and Jeff Hardy yeah, and the yeah, Usos. Yeah. They're losing to stars. These lads are losing to Titus worldwide. This might be Apollo Crews' first win in well over a year on TV mm. at the very least. This was embarrassing for all involved. I felt so bad for the authors of pain. Felt so bad for them. We used to say of all the NXT call-ups authors of pain are going to probably be okay because they're big. They've got they're a tag team so that's against them in Vince McMahon's eyes. <laughs> yeah. But they're big, so they'll find a use for them. And yeah. <sighs> this was bad. Yeah, but we got a good match next, which yeah. was Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. What a shocker. This was great. Yeah, yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, but it was hard to pay attention to on account of Dolph Ziggler's glorious hair. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Someone's been watching the Tanahashi on the G1 and thought, was, you know what? I can mimic that. It was delicious. Well, it, it looked like it would taste of honey. I know. Well, usually he has like the ramen noodle yes. hair. But like this time he's gone, it's, it's straightened out. It looked fantastic. It looked beautiful. Yeah. He looked beautiful. And, uh, but the, the match itself was so good. Like 
I stopped paying attention to it. Uh, so Drew early on, Drew catches a dive out on the outside, and he spine busts Seth onto the barricade, which looked great. And then he, like earlier, Drew had, this is right at the start of the match, Drew had lifted up the ring apron, so it exposes that kind of metal girder that's underneath. And he, what's that move? Put, slingshot. Slingshot, that's it. And he puts Seth under it and slingshot Seth up in his chest, up into it. And I was like, that's a cool spot. So, ad break, we come back, Drew should be working over Seth. No, Seth's doing another dive yeah, on Drew. You know. So that was my only complaint with the yeah, match. Yeah, pretty much. Because that was a cool spot that I haven't seen for ages, yeah, if ever. So make something more of it, you know. Yeah, but there was some really good stuff in this. Um, Drew did a, a deadlift power bomb, which was yeah, really awesome. Yeah. An air raid crash off the second rope. Just really, really White great noise. stuff. <laughs> the Finley driver, as we named it. Whatever that means. <laughs> Uh, and then Rollins hit the stomp out of nowhere, but Dolph ran in for the DQ. And then Seth essentially kind of bettered up the numbers game, and he stood tall mm. at the end of this. I thought this was a solid segment, which was then followed up with an even better segment, really, where Seth is doing an interview with Renee Young. Um, and she was saying, like, how do you, you know, the numbers game is always going to get the better of you. He's like, yeah, the numbers game always will get the better of me, but at SummerSlam, I'm getting my title back. And then Drew and Dolph blindsided him and laid him out, proving that the numbers game... He, you know, he might not be able to overcome yeah. the numbers game, which suggests to me that because I think the Wrestling Observer said that Dean Ambrose is like expecting back sooner rather than later. Then the original report might be from PW Insider said mm. that he was back by September, but yeah, Wrestling Observer is saying he might be back earlier. Yeah, yeah, so he could be back. Yeah, and I this was or that Jason Jordan return that still hasn't happened. Yes, uh, so it's no, it's it's nothing new, but I really got more than usual. That sort of mid '90s HBK Diesel vibe mm-hmm. from them this week. Yeah, Drew and Dolph. It was it because of their hair? Maybe it was. But <laughs> yeah, it must have been because of their hair, especially the backstage bit afterwards. Yeah, but it was all very good. Uh, then we got Roman being thrown out of the building. Kurt comes in when he's watching. Do you want to say Netflix? Well, I was going to say watching the Wrestle Talk News, yes. which is a joke that you and I came up with earlier that was better than anything we'd actually <laughs> written in our notes. Yeah, so Roman's just watching something on an iPad I'd originally in his written, curtain room. I'd originally written that '70s show. Mm-hmm. And Kurt and Baron come in to tell him Stephanie's news that you've got to be ejected from the building to preserve the SummerSlam main event. And then all these security guys walk in behind them as well. Ooh. And Roman walk, goes to walk out and then he just punches Baron in the it's, face. It's cool. It was, that was cool. Very cool. They did a really good job with Roman this week. Yeah. Um, then let's just breeze through this next stuff. Well, we quickly. got a, a video package for Mr. Perfect to advertise their mm. partnership with Sonic, which it's was so good, which was great. And because it reminds you of how good Mr. Perfect was. But it was at this point here, I suddenly realised, oh, we didn't get an opening package for Nikolai Volkov or Brian Christopher. We didn't get a 10-bell salute. We didn't get anything like that. There was. There was an RIP graphic. Was that right at the start? Right at the start. I didn't get it on my feed. Mm. And a lot of people apparently didn't get it either. Apparently it was shown before the show started. It was like shown to the live crowd, but not on TV. No, I I got it. In some feeds anyway. Yeah, it it was for Volkov and Brian Christopher. Christopher. Okay. Because apparently there was a whole video package for (laughs) not. uh, Volkov. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, so then we got the B team coming down for an in-ring interview with Charlie Caruso. They're still celebrating like crazy. It's annoying. I'm a bit past it. But Bo did have a good line where he says, everyone knows the B and B team stands for dream. Which <laughs> <laughs> is great. They say they can beat anyone. Lights cut out. Blah. Blah. The leaders of Worlds appear and they have a little back and forth. And then the, rev- the Revival come out. Oh, thank God. They came out to save this segment. Because they've been watching the matches backstage for quite some time. My new friend, Scott Dawson. 
What? What happened? So, um, so we've got a new podcast sponsor in uh, Beer Fifty Two. Um, so if you are a UK listener, beer52.com forward slash ramble, free case of beer. Mm. Um, that's genuine as well. You yeah, just got yeah. to pay for the postage. Craft uh, beer. Craft Fancy beer. beer. It is. And I've been a Beer 52 subscriber for a, for a number of years now. And I, in I my... can tell. <laughs> Thank you very much. Ollie Pat's tummy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. But in my last case, that's no, fine, I've got a bit of a tummy. But in our last case, there was a, a beer in there that was called Revival. So like I took a picture of it and I was like, oh, I'm enjoying my beer 52 um, and, you know, tagged Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder in there. Scott Dawson, obviously, he liked the photo, didn't he? Because he's a good lad. And then someone commented, I can't remember who it was, but they said like, hop guys. And I was like, nice. that's a great gag. I wish I had thought of that. That was really good. And then a few people started saying F the revival. And Scott Dawson was like, yeah, you're going to say that to my face. And then a lot of people go, oh, no, no, but, but big fans, though. Yeah. No, I'm really big fans of your work. No, seriously, though, it was, it was only JP. It was, it was okay, <laughs> uh, So, yeah, but I, you know, so you've got Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, mm-hmm. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Not guys that I consider to be really tall or big. They're just like, you know, they're of that level. Uh, but seeing the revival out there, and I'm not one who goes, wow, these guys are small, they'll never make it. I, I love all shapes and sizes. But I never knew the revival were that much smaller comparatively to those four guys. They're stocky. Sort of, anyway. Not not compared to the rest of them, though. They're not like Otis Dozovich stocky. No. As wide as he is tall. But I I, I think they've always got a good shape about them. But you're right, they are shorter than you would expect them to be. Mm, Never realised that. Mm. But uh, they have a brawl and it turns into the Revival taken on the deleters of Worlds with B-Team on commentary. I've got literally no notes other than Revival win. Well, the crowd was so into this, they chanted for CM Punk and Rusev Day. Mm. Uh, Yeah, and then Revival hit the chat machine on Bray and won. Uh, Then we got that Drew and Dolph attacking Seth segment. Then we got Bailey and Sasha Banks coming out in matching ring gear. Not only that, they've got a tag team name. Oh, I missed that. They're the Hug and Boss Connection. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It made me laugh. I've called them B&B. And then I thought, if they had like a double team, like aerial maneuver, they could call their finisher Airbnb. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> uh, oh, really? The hug <laughs> and Boss Connection. Anyway, so they, they were facing the Riot squads. Um, still Ruby Riotless, although Ruby was in the... Um, uh, package well she was uh, what's it called the gra- match graphic she mm. was in the graphic for it but she still isn't there um the riot squad worked over banks commentary just, like they spend the entire time talking about evolution like they, that, that was all this was it was just for the commentators to talk about evolution and then cole at one point said that b&b have blazed trails for the women's division which i guess is different than being a blail tracer no being a trailblazer <laughs> It's easy for you to say. So I think that's very different. And there was a moment in this that really made me laugh, which is when Bailey gets pushed into the corner and Sasha Banks tags in and Corey just goes, Glory Hog. Mm. <laughs> that was really nice. I, I didn't really pay attention in this match. I enjoyed honest. it. They had, they had matching gear and a new name. Yeah, yeah. I like the matching gear because they had trendy jackets, but I hate that name. <laughs> I didn't I didn't even hear it for some reason. Uh, and uh, Bailey and Banks they got won. a double team finish. The, the, the bank statements yeah. backbreaker into the belly to Bailey. Wonderful stuff. I mean, this storyline's awful. It's going to win the worst feud of the year because it's been hot garbage. Oh, I don't know. Bobby Lashley's got his sights set on it. Oh, no. This is 100% yeah, is a worse feud than that. This, at least that ended. Mm. This is still going. Oh, I don't know. We've got five months left for Bobby <laughs> to have more awful feuds. Nah, maybe you're right. Maybe this Elias feud could try and top the, mm. uh, the Sami Zayn one. Um, but, I mean, I, I enjoyed this for what it was. Yeah. And it kind of 
potentially teases that women's tag division. Yeah, and they if look Bailey great. and Banks really are a unit now. Yeah. And then we got the whole Brock turning on Paul main event thing. Yeah. We're in that awkward structure where we finish on a women's tag match Why rather than the main event again. You know, oh, we, right. you the mean, way you we mean, do the shows. Oh, you mean for this show? I thought you meant for this show. No, no, no. 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 I was about to say they did end with the main events. Yeah, I got the RIP graphics, but <laughs> not Brock Lesnar turning on Paul Heyman. So I gave this a... Because overall... I thought this show was actually pretty slightly below average. Just like, you know, the Bobby Lashley stuff was rubbish. The tag team stuff was rubbish. Acom. Acom losing. Yep. The Finn Balor and Baron Corbin thing was fine, but, you know, they just cancelled each other out. But the Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns narrative throughout the entire night and the payoff, I was such a big fan of. I gave it a high average in the end. Yeah, God. Yeah, like a 3.5 out of Five. God, you're so negative. Why can't you just enjoy the show? What about you? I really enjoyed it. I'd have given it a core. Um, mostly, I'd, I mean, I'd, we're very close. Those <laughs> two ratings. So. I know, but we're so negative. Yeah. I uh, I popped for a lot of the stuff on this show. There is a, a lot of negatives on this, as you quite rightly pointed out. But I enjoyed the Brock Lesnar stuff so Loved much, it. Loved and there was it, a yeah. lot of stuff on there that I did really like. Mm. So yeah, I'd probably here's here's a, uh, a nice balance for it. I'd give it a low core. Oh, okay, and that's so, cool. So that is te- still technically a three point five. Yeah, but it's the higher end of the three point five than your lower Just different end. branding. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start off with a Rusev Hay. Rusev Hay. So this is from Ash. Hi, Luke and Ollie. Spelled incorrectly. I just wanted to point that out. Which o- kind of Ollie? O-L-L-Y. I mean, I'll take it. But my name is written in the... If he's a podcast listener, that's, that's okay. He might not know, man. Mm. You never know. And you would assume that they are, considering they're emailing in with a podcast. <coughs> to the podcast oh. exclusive bit. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So it's O-L-I for future reference if you are thinking of emailing in. Love a long-time viewer of the show. So maybe we were wrong. Love the consistent quality of yes. your content, smiley face. In my college slash university years, I had a part-time job working at the local Toys R Us. R.I.P. R.I.P. Sad Face yeah, is written poor here. poor Jeffrey. And they would often have wrestlers come in to do toy Mm, signings before live events. After a few years of harassing management, I was finally allowed to be the usher for one of these events and sit by the talent as they spoke to fans. I showed up to that that day to work full of excitement, not knowing who would show up. And there was a long line of people waiting to see the mystery superstars. Vacant. After a while, I was called to the back office to see... 3MB! Oh, yes! They shook my hand and I guided them to the signee desk as soon as they arrived, about 10 people left. Sad face. But it was a pleasant enough signing and most people seemed happy to see them. We had some 3MB figure sets that customers bought for them to sign, but the highlight had to be a young child asking Heath Slater to sign his box John Cena figure. As sorry as I felt for Heath, I couldn't help having a little chuckle inside knowing this young child now owns a signed Heath Slater John Cena figure. Another great highlight was a child asking 3MB (laughs) why they lost all their matches. Jinder looked at the kid and simply said, I guess we're just not that good. They were complete professionals and like what I've heard about other superstars who have been before, seemed very happy to be meeting fans. Keep up the good work, guys. Ash. Well, they seem like three genuinely lovely guys anyway. Imagine that. Future WWE champion Jinder Mahal. Future NXT champion Drew McIntyre. And still on the roster, Heath Slater. And Heath. Well, 
future tag team champion Heath Slater. First ever SmackDown Live yeah. tag team champion Heath Slater. Isn't That's historic. In his random team with Rhino. Mm, when Triple H invented tag team wrestling. <laughs> I saw a tweet the other day that really made me laugh. When someone was like, do you remember a couple of years ago when the Headbangers came back to SmackDown for randomly for two shows? It's weird when stuff like that happens. I know, it's really weird. Right, um, shall we have... Let me go what I've got here. Do you want another Rusev, hey? Rusev, hey! Um, actually, do I want to read this one out? No, I think I will. This is from Daryl Perry. Oh, um, I have a Rusev, hey? That is a strong start. Well, yeah. Well, do I want to do this Well, one? here's why, because I, so. I feel like it ends up being a bit sad. Okay, I'm uh, all up for that. So I have several who's, uh, Rusev, hey, stories, but I thought I would share one that involves current WWE Raw GM Kurt Angle. About a decade ago, I was on a flight into Pittsburgh. Ollie was doing floppy wrists there mm, for podcast listeners, suck. which you all are. Uh, I was on a flight into Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is Kurt's hometown, and the Olympic gold medalist was sitting two rows in front of me across the aisle. I didn't introduce myself, mainly because I didn't want to bother him. The interesting thing is that the pre-flight announcement about turning off cell phones and putting up trade tables the flight attendant had to ask him twice to do both kurt loves the phone he does also just before landing he had to be asked again by the flight attendant to lean his seat forward i thought wow he's a real dick though i would later learn this was during that period of time when he was addicted to painkillers not sure if it had anything to do with him ignoring the announcement or he just wasn't paying attention to them i'm sure yeah it could be either but that's Give the well. There's no benefit of the doubt here, is there? Either he's being rude or he's on drugs. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Could just, be, yeah, I mean, could be either. The Kurt Angle of ten years ago, probably not the same Kurt Angle you would oh, was meet that now. Ten years ago. Well, he did say about a decade ago. Oh, okay. So. If you listen to me reading out. Yeah. So why well, sometimes just gloss over. <laughs> We've also got a little quick bit from Russell Talk Get Better from Daryl here. Just over three years ago, I weighed over 300 pounds. Not sure what that is in kilos or stones, though I could probably Google that to find out. Anyway, I decided to change my diet and start getting back in shape at the age of 37. 37? It's a clerk's reference for you there. 37 in a row. In a row. Last year, I finished my first half marathon, full marathon. Well done. And ultra marathon holy moly went 50k in six hours and will be running a bike and will be running the new york marathon this fall i've also penciled into my calendar to my calendar my first 100 mile race if i finish the 100 miles in less than 30 hours i get a golden railroad spike best of luck to ollie in his upcoming marathon well, now it doesn't sound that impressive. <laughs> a golden railroad spike. What is this? A Sammy Callahan versus <laughs> Pentagon Jr. match. Well, that's a nice tease because if you are a $10 <laughs> plus Patreon backer, you will get our re- or possibly get a review of that match. It might be in our top five matches of the month. Who knows? But man, like what an ultramarathon sounds insanity. That 100 mile race. Does that really say a, f- a, f- a 50 mile? 50K. Oh, okay. Right, okay, because I was going to say, in six hours, jeez. I mean, I run, by the time I've run a K and a half, I'm bored. Like, we've had this discussion before. I find running extra tedious. That is so impressive. A hundred miles. That means, like, at the bare minimum, he might be running for 30 hours straight. That's a that's over a day. Mm. Yeah. Man. 
It's impressive. Well, that what was that Daryl? Daryl, yes. Nice work, Daryl. Uh, Very I, proud of I, you. I, I'm doing Even a... though you started before Wrestle Talk Get Better <laughs> started itself, I feel like we're responsible for your change around <laughs> in weight loss. I, uh, I mean, I'm doing a very different kind of marathon this weekend where I'm watching eight Steven Spielberg movies back to back. So, I mean, I know what it takes, you know. I, I just know what some... They're on a par. Because that is going to be about 24 hours. So, really, you know, we're sort of in line with each other when, mm. you, when you think about it. When you put the two side by side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's a shame that film marathoners don't get the sort of recognition you, from the fitness community you know that they what? deserve. We just don't... Eating pizza and watching a film, it's, it's, that's a difficult task, yeah. man. you got, like, you got to pay attention. I've got to create a PDF to give to my friends so they know the order of the films we're watching them in and facts and stuff. Just the nature of the food that you're going to eat and being so sedentary for the whole day. You're like you're going to pay for that for three days of just gassiness and weird plops. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got to try and stay awake as well after mm. you've had those pizzas and watched the Spanish Oh, yeah. man, absolutely. Uh, we've got an email here. Now, this is weird because I've, I'm... I've definitely read this email, but I can't remember if I've read this out on the show. Ooh. So stop me if it sounds familiar. It is from Russell Abercrombie, who read sent us that Spike Dudley email. Yes. Yes. So, uh, I've been intrigued even more by what seems to be delving deeper with the backyard wrestling stories and becoming more of a wrestling confessions type scenario. Uh. I have a story involving my childhood attempts at wrestling that I hope will fit the bill. Oh, we, have we, so this is a new segment, wrestling, wrestling confessions. Wrestling confessions, which I really like uh, as a name. They could be anonymous. Yeah. Like, one time, like uh, my one, quite famous one, I used to think, I used to, yeah, it's be such a diehard TNA fan that I thought their take on WWE I mean we all did man yeah. we all did not all of us Meltzer didn't <laughs> yeah but what a mark he is FDM as Pritchard would say uh, I was a huge wrestling fan as long as I can remember after my mum bought me Wrestlemania 10 on VHS one day from a video store I was about 7 or 8 and I watched that tape so much my mum ended up buying it me for Christmas I can still recall nearly every second <laughs> of that show to this day and if my depression or anxiety is really bad it's my first port of call bringing me back to those carefree childhood days that would be SummerSlam 2000 for you I'd imagine well it'd probably be Men in Black oh uh, <laughs> but yeah well, yeah rest pay-per-view wise it would be absolutely uh Backlash 2000 I think is where I would go to nice. very close yeah it is yeah that's you know so it shows what sort of fans we are. Mm. Anyway, you didn't come across fuzzy nostalgia. You came across... Um, anyway, you didn't come for fuzzy nostalgia. You came for blood. So here goes. <laughs> a year or so later, I was officially a mark for the business and was a huge fan of Owen Hart, Shawn Michaels, Macho Man, and Alundra Blaze. Oh, so you were that guy. Uh, at the, and it was, my friends at this point were more into football, so I had to start a bedroom federation of my own, with my regular opponent being a massive stuffed hippo toy that my mum had brought back from work remember the ads here for the mattress with the hippo in pjs yes. well it's that one i always wondered how that relationship worked in bed because <laughs> the hippo was definitely the guy and the tiny chick-like thing was definitely the wife mm -hmm. maybe she was the big spoon mm. we'd have long battles with him often being bret hart or razor ramon as we relived the classic wrestlemania 10 matches one day I decided to up the ante and planned a HBK flying elbow. I didn't have a ladder as oh, I was a child, no. so I started to climb on top of my chest of jaws, drawers using a fold-away chair I had in the room. As I clambered up, naked of course, the chair <laughs> suddenly gave way and snap. Yep, oh, my private parts got snapped shut into the no. chair and ripped all the way open. 
<gasps> I was rushed to hospital and stitched back up, and thankfully oh. everything is fine nowadays. Although I do, I really do have a massive, though not that massive, scar down there that always reminds me of my failed attempts at childhood wrestling. Moral of the story is that over-the-top advert was right. You really shouldn't try this at home. Keep up the consistent work, your buddy Russell Abercrombie. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, <laughs> Russell. Good uh, lord. Good lord. Uh, I, I want that as a little asterisk on the the disclaimer. Like, don't try this at home naked. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly yeah. if you are naked. Uh, Bodies have been bruised. How'd you learn to fall off a 20-foot ladder? How'd you learn to fall off a fall-away chair? I've had surgery on my knee <laughs> five times. Naked. <laughs> <laughs> might have been broken in half my <laughs> testicles that is yeah oh, oh wow man. russell well thanks for wow thank you so much we crying a little bit from <laughs> got a, a single tear of laughter now we do have an agony <laughs> arts that we can't get to because we're on a tight schedule here we've got to go record ramble club but i do want to let you know that the person was emailed in about a girlfriend asking them to go over to their parents empty house <gasps> this coming oh! weekend will be read out tomorrow we will get to that tomorrow obviously i'm not going to say their names we're keeping this i love anonymous. these stories <laughs> so if you've got any of your rusev hayes wrestling confessions poetry corners girls you're about to have sex with let us know <laughs> luke at or boys sorry <laughs> did, did, that's just my, the old ollie coming out <laughs> people humans you're gonna have sex with luke at wrestletalk.com please do get in touch but that is all we've got time for for today i'll let uh, ollie take us out Oh, but you usually say that, don't you? Oh, I you? suppose I do, yeah. Well, we'll see you tomorrow <laughs> for the SmackDown review. Zelina Vega is making her in-ring debut against the Lana in what I'm sure will be one of the best matches of the night. She can do that Harakarana. She certainly can. We'll see. Yeah, but that's on people. Can Lana take it? Yeah. <laughs> it's also on people that are much bigger than her. Um, so we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever Wrestling Media Hall of Fame and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer and Revolution Pro Wrestling featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now so head over to WrestlingMediaCon.com That's WrestlingMediaCon.com Even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365 day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.